0: Welcome back everybody, the CNC replay. I'm Noel.
1: I'm Corey, and Noel, guess where we're at again? Uh, you're at church, bud. At church again. We're filming on a Wednesday, which is usually Wednesday is like the last resort for the it two is. of us. Yeah. Because <laughs> if we don't get Tuesday, we're just like, oh man, we could do Wednesday, but that would be that would be difficult to.
0: Yeah, because Wednesday's your busy day.
1: Wednesday's my busy day, which was. A little bit more busy than usual. Um, But hey, we're here, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we're doing it. We are alive, maybe, and well. We
0: can blame the fact that we didn't record yesterday on me. Um, Specifically, I fell asleep.
1: (laughs) She did fall asleep. (laughs)
0: Uh, And look, in my defense, 1130 is past my bedtime.
1: And we were going to try and...
0: I just, I couldn't. I can't. I'm not, I'm not a night person. I'm rookie, not that late of a night person.
1: Rookie numbers.
0: I, yeah, you are crazy. You also can sleep in a little longer than I can.
1: Yeah, I can. I can. It's going to be even worse over the summer now that I am, my three other jobs that I worked in the fall are going to be mm-hmm. coming to a close. And it's just like, oh, it's going to be Sleeping bad. Sleeping
0: till one, up until four.
1: It's going to be no. really bad. Um, But alas, uh, we're here. And before we get into everything, Noelle, did you see Bo Burnham dropped that uh the outtakes to inside? Did you see it? But oh no. Well, exceptional. Of course it uh, was. I mean Bo Burnham. Artistically the man is just a genius. But he did an alternate version of All Eyes on Me. Okay. I think it's better than the original it is so so because he does like you know how i like how like lyrics like go back and forth at each other at the same time Mm -hmm. i don't know the term for that i'm a music like person but without all of the fancy like knowledge and terminology of it it's like oh i like that thing and i'm like there's probably a specific name for it and i just do Mm -hmm. not know what it is and i don't have
0: the specific name for it
1: but so like the lyrics are overlapping and whatnot and
0: it's wait the lyrics are overlapping or it's going from one speaker to the other
1: no the lyrics are overlapping and then it and then at the end it breaks into a harmony which is really good
0: is he singing in a round
1: what's an, uh, what's an around?
0: It's, i don't even know how to describe this to you it basically it's it's one line uh, one person is singing one line another person is singing another line on top of that yes that's that, probably okay. what it's
1: called okay yes so right, he's singing cool. it around I think to himself. to himself but it's like it's it somehow is like more dark
0: how that,
1: i don't know it's just it it because it, it, it there's it goes with the video too and he's he's like it like a different shade and like the camera angle
0: hmm.
1: all of that stuff it's really good you need to watch it you need to listen to it i've listened to it six times since <laughs> it came out yesterday it's so good um, all right i will Definitely. But as we always say, this is a, this is a podcast about sports, not about real life things. And we're going to get back to talking about what we talk about most and the best, I think kind of, maybe, maybe not, uh, is sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we start off every depressing episode in this godforsaken summer with the Detroit Tigers, but alas, we have seen some improvement, Noel.
0: There have been a few more wins than we thought possible in the last week.
1: They had a weekend series win against the, the Cleveland Guardians, um, mm-hmm. which was a miracle within itself because they lost a, a game eight to zero in the in the series. Yeah. Um, and Jose Ramirez just continues to this different team, same Jose. He just continues to.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It was eight to one.
1: Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Big difference. Excuse, excuse me. Um, <laughs> but they were able to win a series at home, which, hey, we like series wins. That's pretty fun. Um, and it was, it should have been a longer series, but uh, what are you going to do? Scooball was great again in his start, and he's pitching tonight as well. And honestly, could be a dark horse candidate for the Cy Young this year. Um I, I wouldn't say it's a wide open race, but I, I, he's been very impressive, and a lot of he's he's at the top of the leaderboards for uh, for F WAR um, for pitchers in the American League. I think right behind Kevin Gosman right now, um, and then I believe he's also top five in B WAR, and F WAR and B WAR are just two. Here's here's my thing with war. So war is the encompassing stat to like say okay, this is how good a player is. So like Mike Trout has like an 11 war, which represents if you were to take Mike Trout out of the lineup and put in a replacement level like AAA player,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the difference in wins that you would see your team have. Um so like Mike Trout had a couple of years where he was a 10 war player, which is just absurd to think about. Yeah. Um, and Scooble, uh, and there's two different, like baseball stat websites that like, that produce this all encompassing war stat mm-hmm. and it's, uh, not fan tracks, but it's, uh, fan graphs, excuse me, fan graphs, and then baseball reference war. Um, so they're two different, they calculate them differently, which makes things confusing. Um, but regardless, Scooble's at the top. Of the American League in both of those or near the top so that's pretty cool uh, and he had a down start uh, but still managed to get a win where the Tigers pitching staff gasp gave up yeah. four runs which again it's so it, it, it's so bonkers to think that the the pitching staff all of the pitching staff is the strength of this team it, it's it's Backwards, upside down, whatever. But, hey, you got that. You got that going for us, which is nice. Um, so they won 4-3 to on Thursday, game they should have won. Uh, and then they got pounded, 8-1 to against Cleveland. And then they won a nail-biter of a game. I was able to watch that game. I have no clue how they won that game. It was <laughs> just sheer luck. Mackenzie, or uh, what is it? Who's the... Yeah, Tristan McKenzie was their starter. He he pitched into the eighth inning, and gave up oh two runs word. and got in lost. He pitched seven and two thirds <laughs> of two run baseball and he lost. That that kind of stuff happens to that's us, crazy. not other teams. But yeah, bullpen came in, shut it down, and that's been the story of of wins that we've had this year. Um, and then you go into the Minnesota series, the the bats exploded, absolutely crazy. Um, uh, who Wait, and you, Scope...
0: mean, you mean the 2022 Tigers had bats that were functioning? Yes, like they, they did. Like they did something?
1: They they did do something. And Jonathan wow. Scope has begin has beginning to heat up just a little bit more. Uh, I'm looking at the box score again because I want to make sure I get this right. Um, but Joe Jimenez uh, gets the win. And he's had a, a quiet, solid year after many people were like, we need to get rid of this guy. Um, but... Uh, Jonathan Scope hit uh, a couple big home runs over these past few days. He's still hitting under 200, so that should tell you how horrible he was at the beginning of the year. Yikes. Uh, Candelario seemed to figure a few things out, but he's still hitting under 200. Uh, Torkelson has this. This has been the best stretch of baseball we've seen Spencer Torkelson play um, since he has been in the major leagues, but he is still hitting under 200. You want to know something? Hmm. Harold Castro. is is currently tied for the team lead in home runs Harold Castro notoriously does not hit home runs
0: I was going to say that's a sad stat for us to have
1: that is a sad stat but you want to know something else Harold Castro is hitting 306 I I that's I don't care like, I, I, frankly I don't care you're hitting 306 you're gonna be in the lineup and he has forced A Hinch to be like I'm the only one who's using this bat and making contact with the ball and getting yeah. on base that I'm I am the one who's doing that scope starting to but still under 200 um yeah, and, but
0: the fact that it's Harold Castro like good I for know. him a plus for him but the fact that it's him it needs out to of be, all of the people on this team
1: it needs to be scope it needs to be. Uh, Torkelson, it needs to be Baez, it needs to be Candelar, it needs to be all of these guys but just the offense is just so inept but now like we've said in the past four weeks if this offense was just major league level
0: if they were average
1: if they were average you could string together some wins and look what has happened? This offense has been major league level, and they have been able to string together some wins. In their last ten games, they're six and four. Oh, wow. I mean, it's not, like, it's not no, great. No.
0: no, I. The fact that I said, oh, wow, was a sad thing. Yeah. But the fact that it happened is good. Like, yes, yay? Question mark?
1: Yay, question mark. Um... <sighs> So, now it's just an enigma. They're so confusing. Mm-hmm. They really are. Because the, outside of school, no no starting pitcher on this team can manage to stay healthy. Frickin' the guys that are getting replaced are getting hurt. Joey Wentz was the second pitcher in, in the doubleheader yesterday, and he was pitching great. And then he leaves with an injury. Elvin Rodriguez, do you even know who Elvin Rodriguez is? I do not. Okay, well he was our starter on Sunday and he was cruising through 3 innings and then he does something to is like he's got to get taken out of the game and then the bullpen just continues to shut down everybody. Our, our backups to the backups are getting hurt. What <laughs> What are we what are we doing here? What are we doing? I just I don't I don't get it. I don't understand i don't understand but yet it's dudes just keep chugging along um another bright spot i want to pull up and i thought his diagnosis on uh the broadcast on sunday was very interesting alex lang has been incredible this year one of the strongest arms out of the bullpen and nobody talks about him
0: Mm.
1: and they talked about his uh I'm going to look it up to make sure I get it right. Um, but everybody or all these good pitchers usually have staying power. Um, they usually have a pretty dominant like fastball. Um, Alex Lang does not. And I think his four seam fastball was used at like less than 20% of, of his pitches. Um, and I want to remember, uh, No, 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 not Fangraft, StatCast. I should have looked this up, but I just thought of it now. Um, But he has gone away from his fastball uh, and has used his... um, Let's see. I'm looking at StatCast. Which, by the way, StatCast for pitchers is incredible. It is absolutely great. He's probably got one of the best curveballs in Major League Baseball right now for a reliever, I would say, um, and he has been using that forty-eight uh, percent of the time. His fastball, his fastball usage, is down to about under ten percent. Wow. From last year, so this is last year. Th- this is the dynamic. Last year, Alex Lange uses fastball forty five percent of the time. This year, it's down to ten. His sinker isn't. His sinker is increased.
0: What would cause it to shift so much? Uh,
1: it, it, it gets destroyed. It got. It got rocked, mm. and uh, it's a slight increase from his curveball. Um, from what is it? just under forty percent to about well I mean that's a ten percent jump but still um his changeup has increased uh from about fifteen to twenty five uh his he's gotta
0: make up that thirty percent somewhere
1: right and his sinker which was non existent um is at 17 percent right now so he's using a sinker and a curveball uh and a slight changeup or not a slight changeup but a changeup to uh as is, as his main pieces so mm-hmm. usually if a pitch is getting destroyed you want to go away from that or at least do a better job of shielding that and using it to your advantage um but he hasn't had to do that because his curveball has been so very good um and that's what the broadcast was talking about and uh I talk about this guy a lot to Foolish uh, Baseball. He does like the stats, like stat info, like uh, videos on on uh, YouTube. He talked about Corbin Burns, who is, turned himself into one of the best pitchers in the National League, um, and it talked about how he went away from his fastball usage and he developed a uh, cutter uh, cutter sinker as his main fastball pitch so to speak so and he was talking about how the peripherals of that pitch um it had good spin rate it had good velocity um but it still was getting just destroyed and he talked about how much like a fastball drops because if it drops a little bit then or if it drops like Fifteen degree. I don't know what the exact terminology was, but he used Justin Verlander, and this is not why I'm pulling this up. Don't don't think Are anything. You sure? Yes, he's used just he'd used Justin Verlander's fastball because Justin Verlander has a, also a very high spin rate for his fastball, but his fastball does not drop as much as uh, Corbin Burns did. Same spin rate, same backspin to uh, to uh, you know fool hitters, so to speak, but hitters catch up with the ball because they anticipate where it's going to fall in the strike zone. So obviously if a ball's coming up, why am I showing you on the camera? I don't know, but <laughs> I don't if, know either. <laughs> if the ball is coming from, you know, the top of the mound, um, it's going to be thrown at a down angle and then it's also going to mm-hmm. be taken down by gravity and the spin rate kind of keeps that pull from gravity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it allows you to combat, you know, gravitational forces. Um, but still it has a natural drop. So Verlanders was like in like the low like five percent or something like that of drop of where it should be and then Corbin burns was in the 16 or 15 to 16. this is this is the summary of that video or that section of that video. So to put it back to our main man Lang, um, that could have been his issue because mm-hmm. he throws pretty hard. He throws mid to high. 90, or I'd, I'm not going to say high. He throws mid-90s, Okay, so that's, that's pretty hard for a reliever um, and what you would want from a guy coming out of the pen. Um, but the fastball naturally drops at a pace that hitters are, are going to be able to catch up with it. So you can either figure out a way to not get that drop to happen or you can rely on a different pitch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Corbin Burns relied on a different pitch with different movement. And Alex Lange just went to a completely different pitch entirely, throwing his curveball the majority of the time, and that curveball is nasty. So, super awesome to see him improve, mix in a couple different pitches, and then, honestly, and maybe even a, a bit revolutionary, kind of abandon the fastball because it, for, every pitcher needs a four-seam fastball in some mm-hmm. shape or form. But to only throw it 10% of the time, that's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, so, but I guess he's got a sink. He's got a sink fastball too. That's got natural movement. So I guess whatever. Um, but still, four seam fastball needs to be in any pitcher's repertoire. Um, I went off on a tangent. I didn't think I was going to go off on that tangent. But those are the types of things that are kind of explaining the success of these no name guys that are coming out. Of the bullpen or these guys that are like the triple backups from our starting pitchers. They have to rely on these metrics and not do too much. So, like if Alex Lang has a great curveball, he has to rely on that curveball and he can't do anything else. That's what's going to keep him on this big league club, and that's what all these guys are just simply doing their job. What do they do best and stick to doing that? Because if you stick to doing that, then that will give us the best chance because obviously the bats can't seem to figure it out whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe now they are, and that'd be cool because I just saw today that the Texas Rangers, who at the beginning of the season were six and fourteen. Worse than us. I think it was mm-hmm. by like a game. They were six and fourteen. As it stands today, they are at five hundred. Okay, they've had a great season with Corey Seager,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a shortstop. Um, he leads all major league shortstops in home runs, and then they've also had some uh, young or not young, but some surprising starting pitching performances, um, like a guy like Martin Perez uh, who used to play for Boston, um, but has pitched really well. Um, so they were able to figure some things out, put the bats in the in the. And the pitching together and bam, they're kind of in the thick of things now. Mm-hmm. You're at five hundred at this point of the season when there's only I think there's just under half the league is at five hundred right now. You're in the thick of things. Don't and it's a long season. We're not even in July yet. We are the first day of June. So crazy to think about. Could that happen with the Tigers? No. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> expectations
1: low but but it's it's it, it could happen is it going to no it's not going to mm-hmm. i have i have this is what i really wanted to talk about with you i have a uh i'm gonna read you a stat line oh geez okay, please. okay. and i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to tell these are one player cur- the
0: roster because i don't know if i know any of them i mean i know obviously i do but
1: One player is currently on our roster, one player is not. Okay, I've talked about these. I've talked about both of these players, okay? Okay. So, one player on the roster, one player not. Mm -hmm. Okay, one player is retired, somewhat legend. So this is the triple slash line for for this player. So batting average, 197. On base percentage, 236. Slugging, 306. And i'll just i'll just do this for fun the ops so on base plus slugging is 542 and the ops plus is 59. okay so that's our first player okay okay i'll give you the year too. so this player played in 2007 so it's a little bit of a long time ago okay but you're
0: gonna have to know that i will not be getting that one even if you fine. talked about them i will not okay. that's
1: fine so this player 236 over the full course of the year, 236 average, mm-hmm.
0: 312
1: on-base percentage, 376 slugging, 688 OPS, and then 79 OPS plus. Okay, okay. who are the, who are these players? These are at comparable years, so they mm-hmm. they are. Basically at the same age. I didn't use the same age season, and I will tell you why I didn't in a second. But
0: Okay. Um, I Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not okay. going to be able to help you there.
1: So the first player's triple slash line I listed in OPS and OPS Plus, uh, that was Javier Baez. Okay. Batting under 200 on base percentage under 250 and okay. a slugging percentage that should be his on base percentage and an OPS that is, uh, about 200 and 220 points below the league average. Okay. That's your but this is the first year of his five-year deal. Yes, so it is. Five year hundred and seventy five million dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or around there. Okay. The second guy I listed was Brandon Inge in his age oh, thirty season.
0: that. <laughs> okay.
1: So I I didn't list his age twenty nine season because that was two thousand six and that was a very good team, so you can kind of you can build off of that talent. I suppose. In 2007, I think the Tigers finished in last place. Um, so, or at the bottom of the division. They missed the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So, Brandon Inge, at one year older, uh, who is known for being a defensive wizard, but just not a very good offensive player, um, uh, has almost, like, exponentially better offensive statistics than Javier Baez does right now. And I want to I want to say this. Uh, Brandon Inch had 150 strikeouts in 2007. Um, in how many games played? How many games is that? Uh, 150. He had a, a strikeout a game. So he had a strikeout in... Yeah, he played, Brandon Inge played in 151 games, and he had 150 strikeouts. Javier Baez has 41 strikeouts in 40 games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're striking out about the same as well. Mm-hmm. This is your saving grace, all-star caliber shortstop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who, who yeah. where does that, because it, cause it it ultimately does fall on the player. Who does that fall on? Who else does it fall on, I should say? Who else? Management. 100% management. You have a guy like Corey Seeger, who's a year older than Javier Baez. He's currently having a career year. Leading shortstops in home runs. Trevor Story. What's
0: he doing how was he doing the year previous do we know I
1: mean, uh have I'm your sure bias no
0: but like no 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 uh, the person that you just mentioned whose name Corey Seeger f- yeah seeger
1: uh, better than bias okay i'm going to i'll pull up as just to just to uh, compare um, and he was a free agent he was a free agent so he's okay, he's cool. a little bit older or he's uh, or no he's younger corey seeger is younger so he's a year younger all right, so he's batting two thirty-two right now, um, but he has 11 home runs. His on-base percentage is three oh two, his slugging is uh, four thirty-eight, and his OPS is seven forty. So mm-hmm. a year younger, better stats, okay? Last year yeah. he hit 306, 394, 521 with a nine fifteen OPS. An exceptional year. Yes. An exceptional year at age 27, okay? But we get Javier Baez. who that. I guess last year he hit 265 with a 319 uh OBP 494 uh slugging and then a 813 OPS but Corey Seager a year younger and better <laughs> he made much would more money would he have been
0: I was going to say how much more money and how much money would he have been compared to Hobby
1: um it, it was it was significant but uh let's see here cuz okay so 6 years 140 million dollars for Javier Baez um and then Corey Seager is making a ton of money he's making a <laughs> lot he's making like 32 million a year ooh so but Didn't Javier we have Baez that cap space we, we there's no cap in baseball Javier Baez is a That's 3 right. it's a point is. three war player and Corey Seager is At least right now, 1.1. Okay. So I guess this is a very stark difference. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to spend money, at least do it with a player who's productive.
0: Yeah. I I don't... I do not... Is it just like the desire to not spend money? Is that like just the Tigers are the redheaded stepchild of the Illich franchise and they just don't want to like shell out the money that it would take for this team to be decent. I, yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Sorry, Delaney for the
0: redheaded stepchild comment. Um, but yeah, I don't understand that at all. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why the, the, the city, the state loves the Tigers. Why is this like, Oh, Christopher Illich. Is His name Christopher. I think it's Christopher. If I'm he does him not, if he does
1: not fire Alavila at the end of this year, because we're not going to the playoffs, we're not. No. If he does not fire Alavilla by the end of this year, I, do, can can? And this is another thing I wanted to say too. So we're in. Not only are we going to be in another year of rebuilding, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. What happens at the trade deadline? Because we have bullpen pieces, right? Alex Lange right. is going to get calls. Uh, Joe Jimenez is going to get calls. Um, who else in the bullpen? Uh, probably Andrew Chafin is going to get calls. Okay, All of these guys are going to get some calls, right? Mm-hmm. Based mm-hmm. off of his trades, do you feel confident in the talent that we would get back?
0: No, not at all.
1: Joey Wentz's two starts, okay? He's in the Castellanos deal. Okay, cool. Okay, we got Condellario. We got Candelario, uh and uh, Isak Paredes, um, who we then traded to Austin Meadows. But Austin Meadows can't seem to stay on the field right now. That's just bad luck, so I won't chalk that up to him. But who who are the players that Alvila has to show for is in trades? I couldn't name you one. It's Candelario and Austin Meadows. That's it.
0: Oh yeah. But still for the, for the tenure that he's had on this team, that's a problem.
1: That is it. So not only, not only is this management hurting your talent on the field as far as free agent signings by not spending money, but if you have an incompetent management, how on earth are you going to negotiate trades? And that's why you would stay in this abyss for years. Now they're playing mm-hmm. better, they're showing signs of life. Cool, I like that, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna win you a World Series. Starting yeah. nine, and, nine and 40 out of the gate is and starting to play competitive baseball because it's different than last year, okay? When the Tigers win, they're winning close, okay? When they lose, they lose by 50. Last year, it was they would win and lose by, like, a run. Okay? This year, you can you can know when the Tigers are going to lose by the third inning because they've given up six runs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or they've given up two runs early, and the first six batters have seen four pitches total. Like, it's impossible how bad this offense has been. It's impossible how little offensive output they've been able to develop from within. Pitching has been pretty good. We've seen that. But what about, what about everything else? Management, 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 management. Get somebody in here who at least, at the very least, knows how to negotiate. I don't. At this point, I don't even need you to spend money because if you're gonna trade and be sellers at the deadline, I need to know that value is coming back. I am expecting nothing in return with Alvila at the helm. But I can't get too upset because there's been some bright spots. We've been able to see some success here. We're beating some division rivals, and we have a very good chance to win a series against the first-place team uh, in our division after a series of five games, which is cool. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see it. Um, but might be... Too little, too late. Right. Um, I'm sorry, but... All right. I can't... I can't... Can't keep going with this. Talked a lot. I thought... I got to the 10-minute mark, and I was like, huh, I think I'm running out of things to talk about with the Tigers, and then we get to 30 every time. (laughs) Every time. Um, What else is there to talk about? Uh, Should we go Red Wings? Let's go Red Wings.
0: Let's go Red Wings. Yeah, why not?
1: Very little to talk about with the Red Wings, but we did receive, we did receive information.
0: We did. Yes. Um, really the only thing was just a headline that was, uh, Barry Trotz has officially interviewed, taken an interview with the Red Wings. So that's a, that that was the entire news article. (laughs) Big deal. Yes. Do I th- still think that he's probably going to end up elsewhere? Yes. But he's taking interviews with people other than Winnipeg, which is good. Or at yes. least encouraging. I don't know. One of those words.
1: Well, and the fact that I think it came from Steve Eisenman, it's like, yeah, we we interviewed him. That's usually more yeah. than we usually get. Um, right. Which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. And do you, do you really think that, like, like, the Red Wings will hire somebody, like, and it's like, oh, we didn't even know he, like, we, they interviewed him, sort of a thing?
0: Do I think that it's beneath them to do that? No. Do I think it's probably going to happen? Yes.
1: So you don't think Trotz?
0: I don't know. I honestly, again, we've said it multiple times, I've given up trying to predict Steve Eiserman. I think that, I think that that interview was legit and I think that was a real, obviously it was a real interview, but I mean, I think that that was both sides doing a real swing for, let's see if this fits. I don't know if he was the guy that they were going to go with that it would have been put out like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like that would have been quiet until it was announced officially. Yeah.
1: And I think another thing, too, like, I still think Trotz could be the guy, and I think he would instantly put this team in the playoffs. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm that confident in him. Um, but mm-hmm. all of his teams have been exceptionally old. Like, yes. the Capitals were not a very young Stanley Cup winning team. Uh, yes. And the, and the Islanders, I believe, were the oldest team in the NHL via age average um, when he was there. Yeah. Um, what that means, I don't know, does he like veterans more than some of these young guys, but we're a pretty young team, and our veterans are still pretty young mm-hmm. um, with that mesh. So that's your, okay, let's take a swing at this, see if this fits sort of a thing. Um, but at some point, you will need to make that change. It's just a matter of how soon will you need to do it. Are they going to mm-hmm. go for another young uh, young talent developer coach, not saying like he's the same style as Blaschel, but like a Blaschel who has been known for his development of young players do they go that route i don't know i would think no i think they'd want somebody more established um but i mean i don't know who you'd get because i think tortorella would be horrible Uh, he's not even running yeah um nor should he be um but would a legendary coach rustle some feathers as he came in yes is that what this young team needs? I, I would, I would hope, because I don't want, I don't want this team to be babied either. I don't mm-hmm. think they are. I don't think Eichman is going to. But also, mm-hmm. you need to find like the right time of maturity.
0: hmm
1: So, I don't know. Those are my initial thoughts. So maybe I'm not as gung ho as I was about mm-hmm. it. But also, like, sometimes you just need to get over it. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think those are fair statements. I think I would agree with almost all of them. Cool. And that's it for the Red Wings.
1: I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, uh, the Czech national team uh, won bronze at the World Championships. So, Horonik and Horonik and Vrana are uh, world champion mm-hmm. bronze medalists. Um, in other news, Valtteri Filppola becomes a member of the triple gold club, um, Olympic gold, Stanley cup, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then world championship gold. So that, I feel like that's a player that, that is a player that will get so many people like stumped on a trivia question at some point (laughs) in the future. Yeah, Like name these members via country of the triple gold club. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, Finland, who the heck won a gold medal at Finland? yeah um and it's like oh yeah uh military football did yeah so oh
0: and franz nielsen retired i did from see hockey. that mm. it was very sweet he teared up on broadcast for yeah
1: i wish he played better
0: man i know it's just so like it was for sure a time for him to go it was actually kind of past time for him to go from the red wings but he's just—he's got the face of somebody who's always crying, and it makes you just want, just so badly want good things for him.
1: He he had one of the best nicknames in all of sports.
0: Oh yeah. 100%. The Danish
1: backhand of judgment. I mean that's yeah. that's incredible.
0: That's like that sounds like a metal band.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no. So lots of I guess lots of expanded Red Wings news in the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
0: nothing specific.
1: Nothing specific, and we wait here for Ijiman to bless us with information about our favorite <laughs> team.
0: Please, sir, can I have some more?
1: Yes. Um, Oliver so. Twist? Anyone? No. Okay. Yes, Oliver Twist. Um, <laughs> Pistons news. We can go unless there's some final thoughts. Um, no.
0: No final thoughts. Uh,
1: no final thoughts. But, so here's the deal with the Pistons. So the draft is coming up, okay? Um, So there's speculation everywhere. We talked a little bit last week about some changes with how things were going to happen, who they were going to take. I've heard some more whispers and murmurs that Keegan Murray could be a legitimate possibility uh, Mm -hmm. for us, regardless if jade nivy is there yep. um which honestly there's the uh, technical difficulties but alas um nba twitter talking about jade nivy should be ranked higher on most draft boards so he may or may not be available to the pistons uh at what well, we have five or six we have five okay so we're at five so possibility he could go to the top top four um Mm -hmm. because he draws comparisons to john morant and i don't know if you know this john morant very good um Mm -hmm. and uh very athletic player which kind of we need more athletes um the never ending trade speculation of of uh jeremy grant where's he gonna go um Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna report on any of that because this is all speculation and there's a lot of speculation on nba twitter i've learned uh very much so Um, But some real things uh, that I have seen, uh, the Pistons are interested in two centers in this offseason. Number one is Mitchell Robinson from the New York Knicks, who was a uh, rotational center, but a guy who's looking or who's getting some good looks because he's 24 years old uh, and could develop into a everyday uh, player at the five. Number two, DeAndre Ayton, out of Phoenix. So he's very dynamic center um, and will not be staying at or in Phoenix because there is seems to be some drama in that locker room with uh, their head coach and him mm. and how he was not happy, how he didn't get a deal, max contract, all of this stuff. So he will be on the move and the Pistons seem like the most likely fit. Um, I have two thoughts. Number one, for Mitchell Robinson, very unproven. Um, but who was the last unproven player that the Pistons signed and ended up being a pretty good player for them?
0: Uh, Bagley. Uh,
1: Bagley was a trade, but... Um, uh, oh, he was a trade, Yes, right. But I, yes, that is an acceptable answer. So the last player the Pistons signed and ended up being pretty good. Mm. Young, younger, S- unproven.
0: Uh, did they sign Sadiq Bey?
1: No, Sadiq Bey was Jeremy. I really have... Jeremy Grant.
0: Just, thank you. Oh, okay.
1: Jeremy Grant. So he was unproven, was given Yikes. a shot, he was given an opportunity, and he played. And he honestly played like an all-star. That is not a that is not a uh, ridiculous statement. Um, so there's a potential there. I'm not saying he'll be a superstar, but we definitely need another center. So how are we going to do this? He'd mm-hmm. be the cheaper option, more unproven, and um, would be, I guess, safer as far as like how you're developing along the rebuild deandre ayton on the other hand would require a lot of money okay yep he would take up a big chunk of your payroll um but he would be the closest thing that you would have to a star player not named Cade cunningham sadiq bay if you can even i mean i'd consider sadiq bay pretty close to a star but deandre ayton is pretty close to a star player um, And then you'd say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to compete in the East. That is a move that that would do. But if he flops, by not being around this great team, this great star power, then you're locked into a long-term deal. So there's a little bit more risk there. But it shows fans and and the players like, hey, we're going for it, at the very least. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. of those two, they both have their trade-offs personally. I would like uh, uh, I would like the uh, the idea of Aton um, in Detroit um, because you need another dynamic player he is that right now he's a proven NBA player and you've already have some talent that you're beginning to mix in um, that could help um, further his development as well because um, he's still fairly young as well. I believe he's, early 20s i think he's younger than mitchell as well um so i would like that i don't think uh he would be a guy that would just after getting out under the spotlight of chris paul or or that great supporting cast that the phoenix suns have um i don't think he would like completely flounder I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. he would ha- share the same success, but I think he would still be a very solid player, and honestly, probably the best center that we would have on the roster. Um, so, those are my thoughts. And simply, I just don't know enough about Mitchell Stevens, or sure, um, to to make to make an assessment. Um, or not Mitchell Stevens; he's the Red Wings player, Mitchell Robinson. Excuse me. Um, so. Those are my thoughts with that. Those are the speculation. And then if the Pistons, um, I think, sign a center, I don't think they would may, – maybe they would draft a four. I don't I don't know what they would do I, because then you would have Bagley, you would have Olenek, I guess just for this year. I don't think a draft pick would really mess with that um, too much because you would have an expiring contract or you could trade somebody. Um, but maybe, maybe that means you trade a guy like Jeremy Grant. If you sign if you sign somebody like that um, and then have his spot be filled in by your draft pick i don't know but just some interesting thoughts i personally would like deandre ayton um, obviously wouldn't be um, upset with mitchell robinson either because the mavericks are looking at him as well and the mavericks are looking to take that next step um as a uh as a western conference contender um so that's pretty cool Um, And if usually other teams are looking at players, uh, then you want to pay attention to that. So.
0: Alrighty. It's all for the Pistons, right?
1: That's all for the Pistons. That's all that I have.
0: Okay. Uh, Did we want to talk about the defensive lineman that was picked up?
1: Yes. Um, Lions uh, picked up a... uh, defensive lineman on the waiver wire i think is john kaminsky um yes uh, and a lot of the nfl pundits including Field or field yates uh were saying that the lions were in deep competition there was i think six or seven other teams that put in a waiver claim for this guy um wow so at the very least and a few of those teams like commanders Close to the play? No, I don't want to say close to the playoffs. Let's let's pump the brakes there. Um, But I believe the Colts were looking at him. Uh, Let me pull it up on Twitter as well to get the says.
0: I have the article. According to ESPN, it was the Commanders, the Colts, the Browns, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Vikings, and the Bengals.
1: Okay, so you have a good. I mean, you have a Super Bowl. You have an AFC champion looking at him, trying to add him, Uh, and then you have three other playoff teams right there as well, um, Mm -hmm. looking to add this guy. So at the very least, the Lions, um, if he doesn't, I think even the article says that if he doesn't work out, uh, that there are people that would be willing to take a flyer on him. Um, So cool. I mean, like it's just a very minimal risk roster move, um, but you pick up a waiver, you get a waiver claim, and then maybe you get an extra pick out of it, whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like that's kind of cool. So I don't know. This is, this is the horrible part of this pot running this podcast right now when the tigers are bad, because (laughs) we're just waiting for more news to happen. And, uh, a lot of it's just speculation or we talk about, uh, waiver wire pickups for the Detroit lions. So.
0: Yep. So
1: those are my thoughts. That's pretty much it with the lions. I can't wait for hard knocks. We've been saying that for a month now. Um,
0: Just gotta come.
1: Just gotta get here.
0: Gotta get here fast. Alrighty. Short one today. Short one. But we really only have one team to talk about, and they're no fun, so...
1: (laughs) Don't get me started.
0: You already had a half hour. I know. Alrighty, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the CNC Replay. We thank you for listening. Uh, Give us a like and a follow on all the socials. And tell a friend... We will see you all next week. Deuces. Hey everybody, this is Noel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. We'll see you next week.